It's time for Lickin' On Lending. Welcome, everybody. Good to have you with us. Welcome to Lickin' On Lending, a weekly mortgage market update providing up-to-the-minute information on interest rates, loan programs, and hot industry news, all related to the mortgage industry. Brought to you by Transformational Mortgage Solutions. To participate in today's program, our guest call in line is 646-716-4972. Now here's your host of Lickin' On Lending, David Lickin. Let's begin. Welcome everybody. It is Monday, March 16th, 2020. What an interesting Monday we have in front of us here, especially with all that's going on with the coronavirus. We're going to be talking about this, the ramifications of this. Alice and I were talking earlier, and then all of us, just before we went live, that are dialed in here, we're visiting about the potential ramifications, where is this going. Got a lot of information for you. We want to share it with you. But again, this podcast is created by mortgage professionals, for mortgage professionals. We are mortgage professionals, and we're here to just help you sort through all that's going on out there. Our commitment is to bring you timely information, and we got some really good timely information today. We're bringing it to you in an audio format that you can listen to anytime and anywhere. Today in the Hot Topics segment, we've got Ben Turlink, the founder and CEO of Mobility RE on the program. Very excited about having him here. We're going to be talking about the focus of Mobility RE and this thing called market intelligence. They have a market intelligence product. We're going to talk about it. It's a powerful tool for recruiting, also working with real estate agents. Who should you be forming relationships with? Very exciting. So you're going to want to stay tuned all the way through to the Hot Topics segment in the second half of the podcast. Also, I want to say we're part of the Industry Syndicate, and check out the industrysyndicate.com. A whole group of podcasters have gotten together. We formed the syndicate. Very excited to be a part of it and get a list of all the other podcasts you can listen to. I want to give a big shout-out to all the Lender One participants and members. When we were at the Lenders One Summit in Miami, we had so many people walking up to us and talking to us. And so I just want to give a shout out to the Lenders One Association for doing a great job of promoting our podcast within the Lenders One Summit and within their membership. We're thrilled with the partnership. Also, right after we hung up the podcast last week, we got the email from Jonathan Core. Ellie May has canceled their Experience 2020. Also, I think we'd already told you that compliance is canceled. I mean, across the board, and it like started a domino effect. So what is closing? Restaurants, are the airlines, what, where is this going? We're going to be talking about the consequence of that a little bit later on the program. But MERS, which also bought Simplifile, that looks like a great, excellent purchase. Talking about electronic mortgages, the e-recordings, it's, it's just this, this kind of event, these kind of events that are going on with us right now really cause people to, if they hadn't taken that seriously, they need to be taking it. Amy Moses wanted to make sure that we got the word out to all of our listeners that there is a legal and risk stakeholders webinar. It's an e-note legal guidance from attorneys for attorneys. It's going to be March 25th at 2 p.m. Eastern time. Again, it's designated for attorneys and risk management professionals, but it's really something that we all should be plugged into and how e-commerce laws create legal validity on a national level for e-notes. Check it out. Some of the panelists will be Sharon Horstkamp, General Counsel for MERS Corp., as well as David Whitaker, partner at DLA Piper, as well as Keith Walsh, Vice President, Associated General Counsel for the Federal Home Loan Bank in Boston, 
be sure to go out and register for this, or you can get a hold of Amy Moses at Amy, A-M-Y dot Moses at TheIce.com, TheIce.com. Again, check out last week's podcast, great podcast we had with Chris McEntee, the president of ICE Mortgage Services. So Chris had the foresight to acquire Simplify. What a great foresight to make great acquisitions just before things start going crazy here. Anyway, before we get started, I want to say a special thank you to our sponsors, the Mortgage Bankers Association of America. Be sure to get signed up with the MBA and attend these conferences. Assuming I'm not sure which ones we're going to have here. We've got the secondary conference. Haven't heard any word about it being canceled yet. I'm sure as we get closer, we may hear. Based on the current status, we'll know. But check them out, MBA. Then also become a member of the Mortgage Action Alliance. You do not have to be a member of the MBA to be a member of MAW, Mortgage Action Alliance. And, of course, download the app and then have your voice heard with legislators. So easy. Then also, Finastra whose Fusion Mortgage Bot solution automatically addresses compliance issues while delivering enhanced borrower satisfaction and increased productivity. I was talking to Dan Putney, my good friend, with them. Some of the stuff, the innovation they have going on there is pretty exciting, especially when you start looking at the technology stack that they're using. We'll be talking more about that in future podcasts, as well as Lenders One. Say a thank you to Lenders One. We already talked about them, as well as a mortgage collaborative. We're pleased to be a part of both of these mortgage co-ops, which create competitive advantages for lenders and their vendor members. Also, the CMLA, the Community Mortgage Lenders of America. We've got Michael Jones coming back on the program in a couple of weeks to talk to us more about all the initiatives the CMLA has underway from small to mid-sized lenders. Check that out, as well as Indicom. I'm so excited to have them as a sponsor, as well as Incelerate. You want to talk about getting loans done? Brings the leading-edge technology and mortgage expertise in a pre-designed campaigns in order to enhance borrower engagement. The key is borrower engagement. Go check out Incelerate. Just Google Incelerate. Ainsworth Advisors improving in business efficiencies by developing strong leadership. If you're looking for market leaders with a lot of been there, done that t-shirt experience, looking for advisors during these uncertain times, check out AinsworthAdvisors.com. Also, I'm using AI Assist more and more. It's an artificial intelligence tool for marketing, getting the message out. It's very effective. And then we do that in conjunction with Velma, which is a virtual electronic marketing assistant. Those two combined really work well. But I really love what AI Assist is doing with us and helping my businesses. We have three companies that are getting the word out. Very, very powerful. Also, Celebrity Home Loans. I was with David Robnett, the owner of the company, and this last week, in Phoenix, we are looking at the Money Source, their subservicing platform. So impressed with what the Money Source has to offer, but I'm also impressed with the leadership at Celebrity Home Loans, also doing business as Midwest Equity Mortgage up in the Chicago area. Check out Pete Gabrion's interview that we did on November 18th, talking about leadership and mergers and acquisitions, and they are successful in that. Also, Knowledge Coop. Our learning LMS, a learning management system, as well as Mobility RE, who's our guest today. We also have Modex as a sponsor. Talked about Velma, VendorSurf, and Vidyard. Of course, finally, I want to say a big thank you to Alice, Andy, Alan, and Joe for their contributions each and every week. Let's get over to Rob Van Raphorst with this week's Mortgage Minute. Rob? 
Hi, I'm Rob Van Rappos. Welcome to the Mortgage Minute and the latest news from the Mortgage Bankers Association. MBA is closely following the spread and impact of coronavirus on our staff, members, and their customers. In response, MBA has created a coronavirus update page on our website to update members and the impact on MBA events and activities. It can be viewed at www.mba.org slash coronavirus. MBA has also developed a resource page to assist our member companies as they plan and prepare to protect their staffs and meet customer needs during these challenging times. The resource page includes information from the health disease control agencies, suggested approaches to business continuity plans, relevant information from the GSEs, FHA, and VA, and the financial regulatory agencies, as well as guidance on how companies should communicate with employees, their customers, and the public. That's it for now. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, that's good. I love what the MBA has done there. Go check out the website. I was on it earlier when I was talking to some of our clients, and I'm sure they're going to be updating it. But let's get over to Les Parker and get what he has for the TM Spotlight and this week's macro view of the market. Les? TM Spotlight Soundbites is brought to you by PowerSeller, making hedging easy. Only the beginning of what we want to end forever. The great repricing arrived. Volatility rose above 1991 levels. Stocks repriced around the globe. Credit default spreads changed the cost to lay off risk. What does the treasury market expect? Limited ability by the G4 central banks to prop up asset values. A mild and brief recession in 2020. Credit downgrades and defaults. Mechanical problems continue to prop up in the mortgage banking world due to capacity problems, technology breakdowns, and liquidity. Watch out for margin calls. Big scary beginning. Only just the start. These views are my own. Go to tmspotlight.com to subscribe to my daily newsletter. Is this only just the start? Many are considering that to be a very distinct possibility. And we're going to talk about that again throughout this. What does this mean, Joe Farr? Looking at where we're at in the markets. So first of all, let's run through the calendar and then uh, what we got on the economic calendar, and then love your thoughts on your perspective on the markets. Well, uh, Dave, I just assume, I mean, the economic calendar means nothing. Yeah, that's so true. You know, I mean, especially... I want to run, that's why I want to, I want yeah, to run through it quickly. It's quick. There's some, yeah. Nothing matters until you get to, to March data. I mean, uh, even this week, we've got retail sales coming out tomorrow, but that's February data. The only thing that's come out that's very current was last Friday's consumer sentiment, and it did show a pretty large drop in consumer sentiment, which you would expect. So uh, I I really don't think looking at what's on the calendar is going to help anyone to anticipate market moves at all. And I don't know how to help anyone anticipate these market moves. It's just, you know, strange times are causing strange reactions. Uh, Yeah. uh, Yeah. and, And extreme volatility. I mean, just mm. like the stock market had thousand point movements in the Dow, but day in and day out, where you know we've seen big movements in MBS prices. I mean, it's looking at from the middle of February to the end of to March sixth, uh, two weeks ago, MBS prices had risen by about two and a half points. You know, that's a big movement over a short period of time. They've fallen almost that full amount in the last week. So that's a big movement the other way. Yeah. And there really wasn't a change. There wasn't a, a situation where, you know, the stock market ran up, stock market kept falling. The people still 
you would expect would need the safe assets that MBS represent, but you know maybe the assets are just too low in yield. Maybe there's no longer demand. Maybe cash is king now. You know, and just yeah. put it in the bank. So looking at today, Dave, today's important because it does follow a big week in the news. So real quickly, MBS prices are up today, about a point and three quarters. They've been up close to two earlier in the day. They fell down to again uh, the until today. They fell to to being up only one percent middle of the morning. Now they're back up close to the the highs for the day and. You know, stocks are down again early in the day. They were down 1,800 points or so. Now, I hadn't looked recently, but last time I looked, they had improved by about 800 points, so a volatile market there. So uh, it was central bank actions over the weekend. It's the news we should talk about, and, and that came right. from the Federal Open Market Committee, the Bank of Canada, the Bank of England, the Bank of Japan, the ECB, the Swiss National Bank, and the People's Bank of China all announced actions to help stimulate the economy, to help smooth some of the economic risks that are associated with coronavirus. Now, focus on the uh, FOMC, the U.S. Fed announced another cut in Fed funds rate. You might remember it was a half point rate cut just a week ago. Now they've cut the Fed, the target range for the uh, Fed funds rate to zero to a quarter. That's down 1% from where it was uh, before the announcement. They have cut the emergency lending rate, which is the Fed bank loan rate, discount rate to banks by a point and a quarter, down to a quarter of a point. And the big thing, we are going back to quantitative easing. The Fed announced Mm -hmm. a a quantitative easing program. They're going to begin purchasing treasuries and mortgage-backed securities. Uh, They're going to buy enough to raise the Fed balance sheet by $700 billion. Mostly in treasuries, 500 billion in treasuries, 200 billion in mortgage bank securities, and they've said they're going to make the purchases at a pace so as to not disrupt the market. Well, you know, it's hard to imagine that just the announcement didn't do some of that disrupting of the market. Interesting that this action yesterday on Sunday was an unscheduled meeting, but the scheduled meetings now have been canceled. I guess they no longer need the meeting, so don't look for a Fed announcement on Wednesday. Is what was on the calendar. There is going to be a press conference this afternoon at 6 Eastern time by the Fed Chair Powell. So that would be certainly interesting to, to get in touch, uh, to, to check in on. And as I mentioned, the economic data that over the last couple of weeks just simply hasn't mattered. About the only thing that's on the calendar that's current enough to provide much information to us is the home builder confidence. It comes out tomorrow. That's a March number. All the other important stuff, like the retail sales data, is uh, February data, and it may show a small impact of the coronavirus, but certainly is not going to reflect what I think we're experiencing right now, what the market's dealing with right now. So, yeah, I wish I had better answers and and uh, something to provide for any sort of guidance, but it's just not a situation. Yeah. There's just so much unprecedented. Where's interest rates? And I'm looking at the news, like Forbes is saying, will this usher in even lower mortgage rates? And what's really interesting is what we're finding from a lot of aggregators, they're not dropping rates. They are so burdened with so much volume, more than they can handle. And now they're talking about the possibility of more and more people going home, working from home. I mean, this is unprecedented. And so we're, we're going to see a lot of different actions. What's really clear to me 
and Joe, I want to get your perspective on this, is it just seems so logical that if aggregators are, in fact, not going to be, they're just, their appetite's beyond indigested, that's just a clogged up system. You know, Fannie and Freddie, and the fact that the feds are there, I mean, I think this could have created an advantage for those companies that are approved by Fannie and Freddie to really start selling into them. I want to get your thoughts on that. Well, I think the backlog of activities the same whether it's a Fannie Freddie loan or a, you know an aggregator's loan. Although you know you are in control of your own action as you're putting if you're one of the ones putting the securities together, but it's still loans competing for the same resources, uh, right? Human resources. So I look for mortgage rates to not reflect as low a, a lower rate as it could based on normal right. profit margins whether it be a Fannie Freddie loan or, or any other loan. Yeah, I think there's very good distinct possibility that even though rates could go lower, I'm not sure that they're going to. If they do, they're going to be going to buy a few until their pipelines fill up, and then why go lower? I mean, it's just uh, that's what I'm hearing from a lot of our companies that we're working with. So very interesting. Very interesting yeah. times, uh, very unsettling times in certain ways, but this too shall pass. We know this is a temporary. This is the most important part. So it's creating some huge market opportunities. I'm looking at the Dow right now is down 19, 1,956 points, down 8.4%. I think that's the most recent number. It's just really fascinating. So we are in interesting times. Joe Farr, and we're so glad to have you dial in. Looking to have you uh, participate in the Hot Topic segment. As we continue okay. on, Alice Alvey, it's good to have you with us. Alice is CMB Vice President of Education and Training at Union Home Mortgage, and she's here with this week's legislative update. But I don't know if it's a much of a legislative update as much as an operational update, Alice. You and I were talking earlier today, and it was really interesting when you're talking about employment verifications. Love to get all the things that you're considering as a – we won't get into how many decades you've been in the business, but maybe <laughs> a number of decades. Three. I um, want to get your thought. Three decades. Over three. Yeah. So anyway, let's get your perspective on where should lenders be focusing from your perspective. Well, it's, you know, obviously you're pulling out your, you know, crisis recovery plans, but the MBA has mm -hmm. done a good job of also pointing out this is very different from any type of typical crisis that might affect one geographic area. It's affecting your whole company. So right. to your point, first of all, from a, from a legislative standpoint, there was the bill that the House passed on Saturday for some funding relief. As far as how it will impact our borrowers, there does appear to be some funds that will go it seems only for small employers, less, I think the number is less than 500 employees, where uh, borrowers or their employees may be able to get an extra couple of weeks of paid leave. So ultimately, we have to go back to, from a lending standpoint, if I have a borrower who is sick and at home on a medical leave, you treat that like any other medical leave, right? You don't have mm -hmm. to take it into this global context of, well, you know, what if they work for an airline and they're on medical leave, how do I know they're going to have a job when they get back? Remember calm and facts, right? Stay calm yep. and think of the facts that we know. And so if their employer, you know, is not out of business, has not announced layoffs, and they happen to be on sick leave, that's, if it's, is it a short-term disability? And you count it as that. If it's just, I got to take a couple weeks off, Usually we don't get into that nitty-gritty as long as the employer is saying and they're being paid. So if they're being on paid full-time sick leave, then you're okay. 
I think some of the larger questions, too, that we're getting on, uh, you know, now in Ohio, where we're located, do I need to go and check my entire pipeline for everybody who works at a restaurant and a bar? Because I now know in Ohio we have closed all those establishments, right? What are all the establishments yep. that have been closed? In that case, you do have to treat it like you would, like we used to treat the auto mm-hmm. industry layoffs when that was massive, right? What right. is their scenario do they have a job and if they don't then we can't close the loan they don't have a job there isn't you know some folks are brand new to this they have never experienced you know widespread employment challenges and so they go well can't we make an exception you know i'm sure they'll find work like we're not doing the borrower a favor putting them in a new loan and and no investor is going to want that loan if we can't document they're employed we're getting reminders from all the agencies there are forbearance this is considered um, you know, an exception that someone would be able to get into a forbearance in their mortgage. So people should go look at some loans. You go, I'd love to close them on my new 3% rate, right? Because <laughs> that'll be a better <laughs> rate for them and a better lower payment. The however is that's going to go to an investor and in a new MBS, you know, it's going to go into a new security and that investor doesn't want a loan where someone doesn't have a job, right? We don't sell those. That's right. So, that's right. It, it It is the, you know, as much as you might want to take that application, it is something that needs to be worked out through servicing if they truly are unemployed at this time as a result of this. So there's a laundry list of things. David, another one. You all heard about uh, MBA's website. Uh, I, I was just there. You can find the state information, too, that's helpful for licensing. Keep in mind a lot of states require that an LO works from a branch. And if you, like many of us, have had to say, I don't want to put people at risk of being in a branch. Many of the states have issued a statement that it's okay for them to work at home, but you can't have a borrower go to their house because now they're conducting activity at their home and they're not allowing that. So the states aren't approving it. They're just saying we're going to take no action for LOs needing to work from home. So please check state by state. Make sure your LOs understand. They can't go, well, I'm fine and I had my borrower tested. They're clear. So I'm okay with having them stop by the house to sign paperwork. That is now crossing the line by some states' licensing activity laws. So please check that. Make sure you understand your area. And then, Dave, there are many more. I think you were bringing up recording challenges, possibly. I was talking to a client earlier, and if, in fact, there is additional closures to the extent that this rolls out, how does it impact courthouses where we're actually having the recordings? How does that impact our industry? already talked about the employment verification. We're hearing reports that appraisers are, which we're already slow in getting appraisals done because of the record volumes. There's appraisers who are saying, we're not going out. We're not going to go out. We're going to respect this. That has an impact. I think the thing is, what this is bringing about, Alice, is the need for leadership and foresight. We, we cannot be just in reactive mode. We've got to start anticipating what could this become? Where could this go? And so what are you doing? I just was on a call with a client earlier today. I said, get a hold of your branch managers. They did a really good job of communicating out leadership, strong leadership. I'm coaching them on leadership. I was really pleased to see how they responded. They got ahead of this. They put out, in fact, in this particular case, they, they said, you know what? These are unprecedented times. And we're owners, we're people of faith. So they literally had a pastor come in. One of the branch managers doubles as a pastor. He came in and said a, a prayer over their company their business and activity, 
And they were going like, how's this going to be received? It was received overwhelming response of how much that was appreciated. Uh, I think it's in times like this where you start looking at what are you doing? So you may want to not go there, but you, you need to be getting ahead of this and communicating out to your people, folks, what's happening and where and this could go. And, and I, I think yeah, being nimble, right? So if you yes, think about is the appraisers, word. hey, what if the seller of the home is willing or the buyer is willing to walk around and FaceTime me and show me everything the appraiser exactly. wanted to see? Right? Yep. That's exactly right. And I th- we've actually had that happen where more and more we're starting to see more FaceTiming uh, of things. It's, it's, it's some alternative. But that's a good example, Alice. We've got to get nimble. We've got to get into alternatives. We get checked with the agencies. There's a lot of different things we need to do. So anticipate ahead of time all that's happening. We're going to probably be doing a couple special podcasts beyond our regular schedule about as we learn more about this. We're working and talking and getting some officials on from the NBA to come on do a special podcast, and if we have to do one every single day during this time to kind of help people sort through it and support what the MBA is doing, we're going to do that. So lots lots of things to consider, Alice. Certainly uncharted waters, and most important thing I'm saying is be ahead of it and be good, strong leaders. And you're a leader in the industry, Alice, so we appreciate you being here and giving us your thoughts. Yeah, and I think, well, just so everyone's aware, we, you know, certainly at this point, Fannie and Freddie, it, it is minute by minute. You, you can't even say day by day right now. So as of now, it's following standard underwriting policies and looking at that scenario and following it just as you would any other underwriting for my borrowers off of work or their on short-term disability or their employer is now not able to respond. Right? There's a difference between employers are just running slow versus the employer truly is shut down and I know my borrower isn't working. We can't go with, I hope they get their job back in six months or two months or three weeks, right? So anyway, more to come. Not sure if the agencies will make any changes there, but as of today, it's traditional management of employment. Well, let's get Andy Shell. Alan is not here with us with the tech update. He wrote me earlier. He says, Dave, there, you can't believe the number of issues we're having with tech companies right at the moment. So I'm, I'm just buried in some issues uh, as he consults out to the industry. His company is doing fine, the one he's worked with. But there are some other companies out there. And so he's, he's tied up. He cannot be here with us. But let's invite Andy into this conversation, Alice, and Joe jump in here. Because I think one of the things that we're hearing about more Profit Doctor. By the way, Andy Shell, the Profit Doctor is here. Dr. Andy Shell, also the Profit <laughs> Doctor. Good to have you here, friend. But I really want to go into talking about, we talked some last week, Andy, about interest rate volatility. We're hearing about warehouse lines. There is an increasing number of reports since we've been on this podcast. I got two emails. I'm hearing that my lender is starting to uh, my warehouse lender is only funding purchase transactions. They're not funding refinance transactions as a way of curbing that. We're hearing that there's some that are struggling with tier one capital issues as we're dealing with record volumes. There's you know, margin calls potentially out to lenders who are financing portions of their MSRs. So Andy, if you talk some of that, and then Alice and Joe, I want to get us all talking around the topic of the secondary markets and the possibility of investors not going lower, and what does that all mean? So, wow. Andy, lead us okay. off on the – lots to talk about. <laughs> yeah, lots to talk about. I wrote it all down, so I've got my notes right here to go through that. And, and I also had the notes about some of the points that I wanted – to make so if I can if I can digress for 30 seconds just to remind everybody that I've got an accounting webinar again 
Those haven't stopped because they're remote. They're delivered remotely. They're through the Internet. <laughs> you <laughs> so could do that from home. That's good. We, yeah. we had 340 people attend the webinar last week. We're expecting wow. to have that much, if not more, this, this next week. So, Well, this week, in two days. So in two days, we have another, another webinar. Now, back good. to your questions. Yes. When you mentioned Tier 1 Capital, okay, first off, banks lend money, and the amount of money they can lend depends on what their net worth is. Part of net worth includes their Tier 1 Capital, where their net worth is broken into pieces. When that, that just means that there is a limit, there's a maximum amount they can lend, and when the industry does what it do, has done with these refi wave, it means that the warehouse line lenders have lent all the money they can lend. It doesn't mean anything bad about the quality of the bank. They yeah, can have exactly. millions yeah. and millions and millions of, of money, but they just the regulators won't let them lend more. About the you know margin calls on short TBA is one thing. Margin calls on an MSR line, that's kind of a that's really more related to the the financing agreement with the lender. I wouldn't know that I would actually call it a margin call as much of a truing up of market value relative to, because mm-hmm. lenders will lend 50% of the MSR. And if the MSR value drops because rates are dropping in the PSA, CPR, the speed of loan paying off is likely going to accelerate or the value of the MSR drops, then the amount of funding that the lender will advance on that loan, it's like a curtailment when you have a warehouse loan on the line too long. So that could be happening. But rates are back, well, the ABS is back up today. Rates are down a little bit more, but like you said, they're capped. People can't have them go lower. So that's probably a real risk, having an MSR financing facility that has a curtailment provision. That's a real risk that people should consider given the rate environment. Now, a couple of things I wanted to mention, and this ties back to what Alice was saying, you need flexibility. You need to have flexibility in the volatility of a p- uh, pandemic and this social distancing in the midst of a refi wave. So we've got three things happening at once, pandemic, social distance, refi wave. So what that means is that what happens to your workforce when the schools close? So we, it's like Christmas, like, the, like kids are at home. And so what does your workforce do? How do they accommodate having kids at home? Can they work at home? This is where the technology stress comes in. Because mm-hmm. if, if we have e-docs and, and e-folders and everything's scanned and everybody has access remotely because you've got a web-based, web-enabled LOS, well, that probably can be pretty effective. The, the problem is not all the, biggest, the big LOSs actively support mobile access. So you may or may not be able to use that, and so you've got to figure that out. And even if you do open up your platform to a broader array of IP addresses, which simply means that's just a fancy way of saying you make it so anybody can access it from home, well, now you've raised security risk. So in the midst of trying to let people work from home, you've made your security platform vulnerable because you're opening up IP ranges that you wouldn't necessarily open up. So that's a risk as well. So that it's always this where uh, we're doing the best we can to address the challenges that we face from this unprecedented event with the pandemic. 
Some lenders are prohibiting personal interviews. So what, like what Alice was saying, some originators may say, well, come on to the house. Well, yeah, maybe you can't do that. Maybe that's against the law. Some lenders that I know are prohibiting in-person interviews at the office, and they're switching to video 1003s. So they're using FaceTime on the computer. They're using GoToMeeting videos or Zoom videos or something like that with laptops and a computer to have a conversation with the applicant, the borrower, through the video conferencing. And so we're hearing lots of people just a couple days ago, we actually lost a broader deployment of video conferencing for for our firm as well. So just be cautious about the in-person interaction. Now, the last point, Dave, I wanted to hit on, unless you want to jump in, and that kind of ties back to what Joe said. Secondary marketing is doing the best they can. This is high volatility, unprecedented volatility just about. We had volatility in early 2018. It happens periodically, but we, we don't know where the bottom is. The rules don't work anymore. The relationship between the MBS and the 10 years broken, partly because it's manufactured broken because we can't handle more volume. But is the 10 years down, then that, that's like a magnet pulling MBS down. But at the same time, there's a lot of other factors. So in the secondary marketing job at the independent mortgage company, at every mortgage company, every mortgage lender, the job of secondary marketing is to preserve the gain on sale, to preserve the secondary margin. This volatility impacts predictability of market prices. That's really, really bad. That's really difficult. So when you've got... Yes. Because it's kind of you, you can't anticipate what the market's going to do, and you probably are going to have market price declines, and you m- may not be able to preserve all your margin simply because things aren't working. When you pair out of your TBA MBS to go into a mandatory delivery commitment, that spread between the TBA and the mandatory commitment may not cover the numbers it was supposed to. You may end up with it being less. All of this to say. The reliability of the secondary marketing is also going to be challenged. So how this translates out to users is, dude, don't hassle secondary marketing about concessions. They're doing the best they can. (laughs) It's like like rates are like weather in Texas. Just wait 15 minutes and it'll change again. So don't get all balled up, especially on on refi transactions. Just it is what it is. They're doing all they can. It's as good as it's going to be. And like you said, Dave, so I'm going backwards to the show. Like you said, Dave, communication is key. Top management must let the staff know the plan to address all of these issues, the rates, the staff, remote access. Communicate, communicate, communicate. In times of uncertainty, people react most favorably when they're communicated. Even if you say nothing new since the last hour, we're still working on it, or every two hours or whatever the frequency is, Establish your frequency, don't be late, and periodically tell your staff what's happening. That's key in a situation like this. Excuse me. I'm choking up as you're talking here, coughing. Everyone's so afraid to cough these days. You're at a restaurant or something, and restaurants are half filled. Blue Bonnet Saturday certainly wasn't out here. Andy, we got to have another Blue Bonnet meal. But getting back to the point of uh, the communication, we were talking to someone Another one of our clients this morning, Ben, had a lot of calls. Started at 7 o'clock this morning. I woke up, was having my coffee, and was enjoying some quiet time, and the phone starts blowing up at 7 o'clock this morning. 
one of the questions that I received. The very first question, is the mortgage industry going to survive zero interest rates? I would like to have you respond to that, Andy, and then get everyone else's. Joe, if you had any thoughts you want to add to it, what are the consequences of a zero interest rate? Well, so for mortgage lending, we're, we're driven by the mortgage-backed securities. Every application, for the most part, yep. ends up in a mortgage-backed security. I mean, there are some portfolio lenders, but for the most part, that's where it all goes. So we really care about the mortgage-backed security market. And the mortgage-backed security current coupon has the 2%, 2.5% as the current coupon. That's far from zero. I think that mortgage origination is going to do great. If anything, I think that the refi wave is going to be perpetuated because it's going to take a while for all this to recover. If I were an MSR holder, I would be originating as fast as I can. That's why Wells Fargo, exactly BVA, right. the big bank, yeah. are going to be mount, are going to be violently buying, are, are going to be huge consumers of new origination because they have to. They're almost the probably yep. their entire MSR is going to churn. So they've got to be buying, 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 buying. While that does put pressure, downward pressure on rates, I don't see it going to zero. But, you know, low rates are good for mortgage. It helps people buy a bigger house. It helps people afford houses. It, it just does all kinds of good. I don't think it's a bad thing. I think it's a good thing. Joe? Yeah. Joe, your thoughts? Well, uh, I agree with everything Andy said. And the, the bottom line is that the market sets right, and the market's going to not set it at zero. Those who get mortgages at this point may be in their house a long time and, and will be great uh, servicing assets for those who can keep the servicing. But yeah, I don't see zero rates being a, a direct impact on the mortgage market. Yeah, I don't think we're going to see that. Alice, uh, what's uh, Union Home talking about? What's going on around the halls of Union Home? Seeing this as an opportunity, what's, what's your thoughts? Well, it's, a, it's absolutely a big opportunity, and I agree with what uh, Andy and Joe have both said. I think the thing that loan officers have to be mindful of is, you know, again, like I said earlier, every minute the market is changing, and I think it was Andy who said before, things are not the way they used to be on how the two are working together. So you do have to trust the rate sheet, lock it when you can. You're not going to float it to see if you can, the rates are going to go down today, and Locks are locks that today. You're not going to get an extension on anything because this isn't a, well, you know, the borrower is stuck at home sick with the virus and can't come to closing. Can we extend their rate, right? You've got some, all kinds of stuff coming up where everyone wants to blame right. the virus for everything. <laughs> and, you know, you still have to, the loans still have to make money. They still have to close on time. Uh, those aren't going to be excuses because of all this volatility. Interest rates most likely are not going to be going to zero in the mortgage industry. I don't see that playing out at all, but I do see that we are going to have those with stronger cash positions have a significant advantage over those that don't. We had one client literally went out and raised $25 million in capital over the weekend. He is able to do that because of his network of friends to take advantage of these opportunities. This is going to create opportunities for strong financially well-managed companies, and it comes with communications. And so if you're going to just post up updates on the on your company website, I would say I challenge you to consider doing at least an audio and even do a video communication. Shout out to Vidyard, who's one of our sponsors. That wraps up the first part of our podcast, and we're now going to move into the hot topic segment. I want to say a special thank you to our sponsors, the Mortgage Bankers Association of America, Finastra, as well as Lenders One and the Mortgage Collaborative, as well as CMLA, the Community Mortgage Lenders of America, 
Indicom, Celerate, Ainsworth Advisors, AI Assist, Celebrity Home Loans, Knowledge Coop, Mobility RE, Velma, VendorServe, Vidyard, and Modex. We're so glad to have all of you here as listeners. Be sure to share this podcast with others. We look forward to having you back here next week. Have a great week, everybody. And uh, do watch out about this coronavirus. Don't let it get over the top for you. Don't let the fear. It's all about leadership, man. How are you leading your organization or how are you leading in the markets? Be a leader, not a panic spreader, not one that creates the ongoing crisis. Be a leader. Have a great week, everybody. You've been listening to Lickin' on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update with your host, David Lickin' of Transformational Mortgage Solutions. Join us next week, and thanks for listening.